Every hand raised, every eye closed, lift your voice and just adore him in this house. Just let him know, I need you, Jesus. I need you, Jesus. I wonder if without any music, just the voices of the people, if we could just take a moment and just adore him. Let's just love him. This is a moment of intimacy. It's a moment of adoration. It's a moment of real, genuine worship. Come on, why don't you do what you feel in this house right now? We're just entertaining the presence of the Holy Ghost. Let the Holy Ghost lead you. We've got time for this. We've got time for this. Let the Holy Ghost lead you. If God gives you a word for somebody, step out of your seat and go give them a word. If God shows you somebody to pray for, get out of your seat and go pray for them. Come on, this is an atmosphere of worship. Worship produces the miraculous. Be led of the Holy Ghost in this house. Hata rabaha shataya rabahata. 
If you want to lay on your face, lay on your face. If you want to kneel at your chair, kneel at your chair. But the glory of the Lord is just settled in this house.
I really, I don't feel a release to move on. I may, I may not preach tonight. I, I really don't know. But right now for this moment, I don't feel that we need to move on. But I do feel that there are some of you in this room that are not responding to what the Holy Ghost is trying to do. God is inviting us to a place of fellowship and communion with Him in this room. To enjoy His presence. I'm asking every person in this room, lift your hands, close your eyes, find a place to pray. Pray in the Holy Ghost. Come on, there's some moanings and groanings that cannot be uttered in this house right now. There are people that if you'll be spirit-led, they'll get a breakthrough. People that have not gotten a breakthrough in a very long time. They'll get a breakthrough in this service if the apostolics here will be spirit-led. Come on. I wish a young lady would come lay hands on Olivia right now and believe for God to open up her ear all the way. Come on, he's already started the process. Somebody lay hands on her and tell that ear to open up in Jesus' name. Lay hands on her, sis. Lay your hands on her. In the name of Jesus, be healed. In the name of Jesus. Come on, you ought to get lost in the presence of God in this room right now. You ought to just get caught up in the flow of the Holy Ghost. Come on, we're turning this building into a prayer meeting right now. And when they had prayed, the place was shaken.
Come on, lift your voice and go after Jesus in this house. Lift your voice and pursue him. Let him know we want you, Jesus. We want you, Jesus. The effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. Come on, can we pray an effectual, fervent prayer in this house right now? And when they had prayed, the place was shaken. Come on, enjoy, linger. Linger in the presence of the Holy Ghost.
wherever you are, let's just be sensitive to the Holy Ghost for just a moment. There is a sovereign move of God taking place here today. One more time, let's lift our hands and let's pray wherever we are. I want you to be sensitive to the Holy Ghost. Let's be sensitive to the Holy Ghost. One of the things that I, and you can you can stand, you can sit, I won't be long. Uh, whatever you want to do, wherever you are, if you want to stay there, that's fine. If you want to go back to your seat, that's fine. But one of the things that I love about this church is that this church is a very militant church. It is a church that knows a lot about spiritual warfare and engaging the spirit world with warfare. When you look in 1 Samuel, you begin to read about the birth of that prophet Samuel and his time there in the temple with Eli. You also realize that Eli had two sons named Hophni and Phinehas. But they abused sacrifices at the altar of worship. And a large majority of people that are here tonight, you operate in ministry to some capacity. 
But the problem with Hophni and Phinehas is they knew how to work at an altar, but they didn't know how to worship at an altar. And the Bible said that they were sons of Belial and they knew not the Lord. They spent all of that time operating and functioning in ministry. But at the end of the day, they knew not the Lord. And a large number of people here today, you operate in ministry in some capacity here at this church. But what has happened here over the next few moments was not just working at an altar, but we've been worshiping at an altar. And because of that, we have just received an invitation to know him and to be close to him and to get near him. And all of a sudden, a battle begins to rage between Israel and the Philistines. And Israel begins to lose that battle. And here's what Hophni and Phinehas said. They said, let's bring the Ark of the Covenant. And when we get the Ark of the Covenant in the middle of the battlefield, we're going to win the battle. And when they went and received the Ark of the Covenant, retrieved it and brought it into battle, they still lost the battle anyway. Because Hophni and Phinehas were deceived into believing that the glory would guard them in battle when they would not guard it with their behavior. You see, there should never be a disconnect between an atmosphere of worship and an atmosphere of warfare. Because when we bypass an atmosphere of worship, it produces defeat in an atmosphere of warfare. But when we know God and we learn how to worship at an altar with God in an atmosphere of worship, it produces automatic victory in an atmosphere of warfare. That's why Saul looked at Samuel and he said, The Philistines came upon me and I forced myself to offer sacrifice at the altar of worship. But he did that in disobedience to the word of God and disobedience to the man of God. He let his warfare get in the way of his worship. And there are people here today, you've been fighting some battles And you are still losing that battle because you have got your atmosphere of worship wrong. And when you get your atmosphere of worship right, you'll get your atmosphere of warfare right. And that's why this church is pushing back the prince of this region. That's why this church has begun to push back strongholds in this area. That's why the strongman of this region has been leaning his ear into what's going on here at Antioch, the apostolic churches, because the enemy knows that you are a people of worship and you are a people of warfare and that you are guarding the glory with your behavior. Therefore, the glory is going to guard you in battle. Anybody believe what I'm saying here tonight? And they lost the glory of God. 
The Philistines captured the, the glory of God. And the messenger comes to Eli and he sends word to Eli and to, and to Phinehas' wife and said, the glory of God has been taken by the Philistines. And the Bible said that her hour came upon her for she was with child. And his wife Phinehas, her Phinehas' wife went into labor, the Bible said. And here's what the Bible said. It said that she looked at her child that she had just given birth to. And the Bible said she regarded him not. She looked at what she had just given birth to and treated it as though it didn't even matter. Because when there's no glory, what we produce doesn't matter. When there's no glory... What we give birth to does not matter. So it doesn't matter how well we can sing. It doesn't matter how well we can play. It doesn't matter how well we can preach. It doesn't matter how nice of a building we've got. It doesn't matter how friendly we are. What we produce does not matter if there's no glory. So the reason that you can have a deaf ear unstopped this morning is not because of a talent or ability or the oratory skills of a preacher. It is because the enemy understands the glory still abides at any Antioch, the apostolic church. And when you've got an atmosphere of worship, you've got victory in an atmosphere of warfare. I've come to preach to a mom and a dad. You need to go back home and develop an atmosphere of worship. And every adversary that comes against your family, every adversary that comes against your children, every adversary that comes against this youth group, it is going to be defeated. Why? Because you've got an atmosphere of worship somebody worship God in this house right now and watch God give you a victory in an atmosphere of warfare Come on, you're not going to go home and be defeated by that attack of the enemy. That attack on your mind. That attack on your body. That attack on your emotions. That attack on the ministry of this church. It's not going to be victorious against you. Why? Because you've got an atmosphere of worship. And when there's glory, there's always a victory. When there's glory, there's always an overcomer. When there's glory, there's always a battle. That is one. We got to make sure we abide in the right atmosphere. God wants to bring the apostolic church into a place where we are not dependent on buildings, but we are dependent on atmospheres. 
I was preaching this morning about the name of Jesus and God working miracles. And there were a lot of us that were waiting on another good point from the guest evangelist uh, when the atmosphere was already set for somebody to get a miracle before I could even give the altar call. But we are so used to depending on an order of service and for somebody to blow our mind with a revelation we have never heard. But God is calling this church to begin to operate in an apostolic atmosphere like you have never operated in before. That while Peter yet spoke these words, the Holy Ghost begins to fall on hearers without anybody even laying hands on them. I'm talking about drug addicts walking through the back door and you just hear them speak in a heavenly language and nobody's even praying for them we gotta get back to atmospheres it's not about a building or what we can produce it's about an atmosphere of worship that will bring about the glory of God It's like I see in the spirit a seal being broken. And there's this window that is just opening up to this church. And there's an atmosphere that's going to infiltrate this church like you've never had before. The waters recede. The rain stops with Noah and the flood. And this is what Noah did. The Bible said that he opened up the window. And he released a raven first. And then he released a dove. But you have to understand that the raven feeds on flesh. But the dove feeds on fruit. The raven was released to make sure the past was dead. But the dove was released to make sure that the future was alive. And both of those birds came back to the ark. But when both of those birds came back to the ark, Noah did not open the window and let the raven back in because he understood the past does not belong here. Dead church does not belong here. Religious tradition does not belong here. Just being good Pentecostals, it does not belong here. But when that dove came back with an olive branch in its mouth, he received it back in because Noah understood the atmosphere you allow is the atmosphere that will abide. The atmosphere you reach for is the atmosphere that will remain. Come on somebody. You've got to reach for revival. You've got to reach for the glory. You've got to reach for the gifts of the spirit. You've got to reach for the miraculous. The past will visit but don't reach for it. Don't let it back in. Somebody in this house Lift your voice uh, and reach for the miraculous. Uh, Reach for revival. Reach for that new atmosphere. Come on, I see that dove coming back with an olive branch in its mouth. The future of this church, it's alive and well. And it's going to be greater than you've ever imagined. Uh. 
You see, we have preached for years that every animal was brought into that ark two by two. But you've got to understand that the raven was an unclean animal and the dove was a clean animal. He said, I want you to bring every clean animal in. I want you to bring it in by twos, the male and his female. But I want you to bring every clean animal in by sevens, the male and his female. So that means for every two ravens, there were 14 doves. For every two pass, there were 14 futures. That means the future can be seven times greater than the past. Stop reaching for your yesterday. I'm thankful for every revival you've ever had but get out of the past get out of yesterday come on I need some elders in this house you know the revivals of the days gone by but I see a seven time greater revival there's a dove coming with an olive branch in its mouth give God a praise in this house if you're going to reach for an atmosphere like you've never had before Somebody needs to dance uh, about the dove in this house. Uh, It's not just a revival. It's an atmosphere shift. I I can feel the frustration in prayer. I can feel the frustration and here's why. Because frustration is the emotion of transition, Brother McGurk. You get frustrated in transition because you're not where you were, but you're also not where you're going to be. And so you're caught in the in-between and you're in the realm of the unknown and you're anxious to get to where you're going, but you're not there yet. But you also don't have the stability of where you once were. And so you're in the unknown. And I can feel the frustration because this church is in a season of transition. You see, you've lost the stability of everything you've ever known in 2020. You lost the stability of where you were, but yet you haven't tapped into that revival and that harvest that God really wants to give this area. You haven't planted all the churches uh, that you're about to church, that you're about to start. You haven't started all the campus ministries uh, that are about to begin. You're caught in that in-between stage. It's an atmosphere. 
And on October the 14th, 1948, a man by the name of Chuck Yeager became the first pilot to ever break the sound barrier in an airplane. And whenever the inner, whenever the, whenever that was over with, he conducted an interview and they asked him what his experience was like in breaking the sound barrier for the very first time in an airplane. And he said, right before I broke through the sound barrier, he said, everything in the cockpit began to shake violently. He said, it felt like it was a about to implode and this is what he said he said the only way to get out of the shaking and the discomfort of the shaking was to let off of the acceleration and settle for a lower altitude or increase the acceleration until I broke through the sound barrier I've come to tell this church yes it's been uncomfortable but don't settle for a lower atmosphere you gotta accelerate this thing are you hearing what I'm saying? You gotta go further. You gotta go faster. And there's a breakthrough that'll get you beyond the discomfort of the shaking. Paul preaching to the Athenians on Mars Hill. I'm almost done. The Holy Ghost is still moving in this house. God's about to usher in an atmosphere for this church, an atmosphere shift. Paul preaching on Mars Hill in Acts 17. He says it's in him we live and move and have our being. That word move there in the Greek is kaneo. And it literally means to affect the surrounding atmosphere. I'm going to let that settle for a minute. It means to affect the surrounding atmosphere. Jesus said you'll be endued with power from on high. After that, the Holy Ghost has come upon you. That word power there in the Greek is dunamis. It's where we get the English word dynamite. And when dynamite explodes, it doesn't leave the atmosphere the same way. But it explodes and it affects its surroundings. This church is a stick of dynamite that's getting ready to explode. And affect the surrounding atmospheres. You see, I'm tired of talking about the atmosphere of Washington, D.C. I'm tired of talking about the atmosphere of the charismatic movement. I'm tired of talking about the atmosphere of the rebellious and what's going on with them. I'm tired of talking about the atmosphere of the news, the atmosphere of the sports world, the atmosphere of Hollywood. They're not the ones that are going to affect the world. 
One of my favorite authors said, every man has an atmosphere which affects every other. What he was saying was, is every individual has a chief atmosphere in their life that sets the precedent and affects every other atmosphere of their life. So my question is, is the world affecting the church's atmosphere or is the church's atmosphere affecting the world's atmosphere? Is your prayer life affecting your job or is your job affecting your prayer life? you got to wake up and understand you're a walking stick of dynamite and you're ready to explode. And when you explode, there's a shift coming to your city. I'm thankful for the few of you that believe that. Now what about the rest of you? You're a dynamite. And when you explode, your city's going to know about it. This region's going to know about it. I spoke about potential this morning. Physics teaches us that there are two types of energy. There is potential energy and there is kinetic energy. Kinetic stems from that Greek word kineo that Paul used in Acts 17 and 28. In him we live, we move, we kineo. Kinetic energy. The difference between potential energy and kinetic energy is that potential energy is energy that an object has by virtue of its posture and its position, but it's motionless. Kinetic energy is energy that has movement, and its movement reproduces more energy to perpetuate movement. Once kinetic energy starts, it never stops. And the only way to convert potential energy into kinetic energy is for an exerting force to come in contact with that idle object and set it in motion. And then that potential begins to turn into kinetic energy and it reproduces more energy to remain in motion. And what has been happening in the spirit since last week is there has been a, there has been a lot of potential in this building, but there's an exerting force called the prophetic word. There's an exerting force called the Holy Ghost and it's been Coming in contact with some of you. And it is setting some things in motion. Did you hear what I said? I said it is setting some things in motion. And those of you with dormant gifts. uh, Those of you with idle callings. uh, Those of you with idle dreams. uh, They are being set in motion. uh, And when they're set in motion. uh, It's never going to stop. That's why every church plant, it's not just going to be a church plant that stops. It's going to be a church plant that perpetuates and it reproduces the necessary energy to stay in motion. I don't know how many weeks it's going to take for me to be here for this church to catch that God wants to give you a regional revival. I'll preach it until I'm blue in the face. Uh, but eventually you got to mix your faith with this. Uh, and say, God, I'm not interested uh, in just being potential. I want to set some things in motion. I want you to activate the giftings on my life. There are giftings in this house that are idle. 
Do you hear me in the Holy Ghost? There are idle gifts in this house. There are dormant gifts in this house. You have buried your talent. Some of you hear me in the Holy Ghost. You have buried your talent. But I feel in the Holy Ghost uh, that the move of God in this house and the atmosphere God's bringing this church to, it's going to be a shovel that digs up that talent and you put it forth to use in the kingdom of God. Some of you never thought you could plant a church, but you'll plant a church. Uh, You never thought you could prophesy, but you're going to prophesy. You never thought you could teach a Bible study, but you're going to teach a Bible study. Come on. That's who you are. You're going to affect the surrounding atmosphere. I'm telling you, it's like I see in the Holy Ghost. It's a, it's like a train, a locomotive, and it's gaining, it's gaining momentum. It's gaining momentum, and it's just going to keep on going, and it's just going to keep on going, and you're going to reach the surrounding counties. You're going to reach your community. You're going to reach campus ministries. You're going to reach other high schools because once this thing starts. There's some of you that may never plan a church. Matter of fact, there are a lot of you in here that will never plan a church. But it's time for you to start having an atmosphere that affects every other atmosphere. When you walk onto your job and you're sitting at your cubicle, you ought to be typing up spreadsheets, talking in tongues under your breath until an angel comes and stands over your shoulder and the person in the cubicle next to you feels something different in the room that they've never felt before and they say, what's that? And you can say, well, as a matter of fact, while I was sitting here, the Holy Ghost just spoke to me and said, the gun you put to your head yesterday, he wants to take away those thoughts of suicide. You better hear me in the Holy Ghost. We have no option but to be anything less uh, than purely apostolic in this hour but we cannot leave it in a building we've got to carry the atmosphere if you're hungry for that I want you to just lift your hands wherever you are Mate roosha te eka lata rooko eke maandu muuta. Mata ando moote ye anda asuunda ye eku unda anda ashe eta ando otashe. I feel so strongly in the Holy Ghost. 
Do you hear me in this house? I feel so strongly in the Holy Ghost that there are giftings that are going to be activated in people who don't even know they have those giftings in this revival. Brother Jalen, Sister Esther, I'm begging with you. Don't settle for anything less than a purely apostolic atmosphere with these young people. They don't need you to be culturally relevant. They don't need you to be updated on all the trends and all the sayings. They need you to be apostolic. Matter of fact, come here. I'm going to lay my hands on you right now. Lift your hands by the authority of the word of God. If you're a student in this church, I want you to surround them right now. And I want you to begin to go to battle in the spirit. They're going to lead you to an atmosphere. Not just another youth service. Not just another gathering. Not just another prayer meeting. An atmosphere.
Here's what I'm going to leave you with. Here's what I'm going to leave you with. It's speaking concerning potential. When engineers are testing a rocket, getting all of the measurements right, and the amount of fuel and the thrust that it's going to take to get the rocket into the air, they measure the difference between the amount of fuel the rocket has and the amount of fuel used in the thrust to get the rocket into the air. So, for example, if they factor in that a rocket requires one million pounds of fuel to get it into the air, but it only uses 800,000 pounds of thrust, the remaining 200,000 is labeled as potential. Here's the problem. It is consumed and can never be reused. But it did nothing to get the rocket into the air. And I wonder how many people in this church come in on Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday, or Thursday rather, and get consumed with the emotionalism of a move of God. But at the end of the day, they're not doing anything to get the rocket to the next level. It's just potential. It's just dormant. It's just idle. But as the Holy Ghost has already said, God wants to awaken some idle giftings and activate some dormant giftings. And people that have come in week after week and you've just been consumed with the emotionalism. But you're not doing anything to get this thing to the next atmosphere. God wants to awaken you in this service so that you can be a part of bringing this church to a place in the kingdom and a place in the spirit that it's never been before. Here's what I'm going to leave you with. This is only for the hungry. If you're not hungry, this is not for you. But if you want to do your part in getting this thing to the next dimension and operating in an atmosphere, not just a building, not just a church service setting, not just a church service context, but literally having an atmosphere with you everywhere that you go so that you so affect the surrounding atmospheres. And you begin to gain territory in the spirit. If you're hungry for that, I'm going to sit this microphone down and your response is going to be up to you. It's between you and God. Are you ready? If you want it, I'm not going to be in this microphone begging you. I've preached what God's told me to preach. I've said what the Holy Ghost has said to say. Now the rest is up to you. If you're satisfied with the discomfort of this service, that's all right. You just let off the acceleration and settle for a lower altitude. 
But if you're desperate to push beyond the frustration of transition and beyond the discomfort and go to a dimension and an atmosphere you've never been to before, the rest is up to you. Go. Go.